When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. In this world, there are more stories than poems in the heart of a teen computer. Some are sonnets. Some are angsty. Some are a little too personal. But they're all worth the bandwidth. So open your barbaric yawp wide and listen. Welcome to Brushtown Stories. Episode 17, The Endless Brightness of Regional Stars. The nurse was definitely stealing her things. She was sure of it. Geraldine Xanthippi was not someone who let things go by unnoticed. Even here, at this ratty nursing home in the twilight of her life, she was a star, after all. When Sadie Browning tried to upstage her at the little schoolhouse theatre, she knew. When the famed director Calvin Cross tried once too often to adjust the bodice of her costume, she let him have it. He had a red palm print across his cheek for all of the opening night crowd to see. She didn't suffer fools. And everyone was a fool. She lived by a strict motto, a star shines above. She does not stoop to shine on the ground. The only stars on the ground are poor reflections in muddy pools or brackish ponds. That was what her acting teacher, the great Tuva Shana, taught her. It wasn't quite true, but the statement was something she clung to. It was emotionally true. Isn't that what mattered? Besides, she wasn't a scientist, and what did science ever do for her? Just force all these damned pills in her, and pills are fine medicine, she guessed, but the greatest medicine was art. And she was very good at her art. But that was a long time ago. The performing arts were a meat grinder for actresses of a certain age, and she was old even for a certain age. Sure, she never made it to Broadway, but she made it to Main Street, the Broadway of Branson. She made it to Square Square, the Broadway of Akron. Broadway was one street. She was the star of a thousand regional thoroughfares. But she'd left that life treading the boards. For him. She looked around the small, dank room of the assisted living facility. Where was it? Where was her husband? No, not husband. Shoo. That's it. She'd never been married. Shoo. She said the word aloud. She'd been doing that more often lately. She found her left husband under the bed and slipped it on. 
If I tell them the nurse is stealing, she'll probably do something, Geraldine thought. Put something in the food. No, she'd have to be sneakier. Like she was when she was playing Pauline in No No Nanette and gave the light boy a quickie so that when the spot shone on her it would always be twenty percent brighter. It was petty, but petty works. Petty can get you a touring gig on the Sklandrausis circuit. The Sklandrausis circuit was a loosely affiliated group of Latvian theatres where you could make a good living performing for the Baltic masses. Geraldine was not Latvian, but she bore a striking resemblance to Dorothy and Liven, a 19th century Latvian noblewoman. So she was given roles and learned her lines phonetically. She still had the playbills and reviews in a drawer. She couldn't read them, but she guessed at their content. Praise. Glowing. Those odd, inscrutable scribbles and odd collection of accent marks must only confirm her abilities and talents. It was on the Sklandrausis circuit that she first saw him. There was a large article in the paper. Apparently a local tavern had denied service to several black men who were staying in town for a convention. State Senator H.R. Gerrand was defending the tavern, saying God's law is greater than man's law, and God divided the races after the flood, and if it was good enough for the Almighty, then it's good enough for the great state of Alabama. But it wasn't good enough for Clarence Brown, the young civil rights attorney. he just graduated from Amherst and took the case pro bono. He would go on to win the case and many others. But he was also a lover of the stage. He saw her in Sierra Irmana Massa at the Latvian Social Club. He didn't speak Latvian, but a local businessman who admired his work had brought him as his guest. After the performance, Geraldine and Clarence went to the Palm Door Steakhouse along with some other hangers-on. She had the, oh, what was it, potato? No. Where am I, she wondered. She'd somehow managed to get out into the parking lot. Where was her car? She had to get to the store. There was no... The memories all slid away from her, and she just stood there, waiting. It wasn't long until one of the nurses found Geraldine trying to open random car doors... Geraldine tried to explain how she needed to go to the store, but her assistant wasn't listening. She kept trying to take her back to the theatre, but call time wasn't for hours. She needed to get home and retrieve her Mark Narbonne purse. Had the flowers arrived? She always had lilies on opening. The nurse helped Geraldine into a chair in the community lounge. The sounds of Mr. Applewhite... Slapping the handles of the foosball table filled the small space. The residents had lost all of the balls years ago, but this never stopped Mr. Applebaum from spinning the rods. It had an almost rhythmic sound, like train wheels, maybe, Geraldine thought. She and Clarence had taken a few train trips. He was always a gentleman, even when she didn't want him to be. He was frustrated, having lost several high-profile cases. 
All press is good, she had told him, but he was upset because all those young cabinets were in jail. No, not cabinets. Men. Of course men. She knew it was men. It was all that clacking Mr. Applebaum was doing that was distracting her. But it was on the train that Clarence said he was going to leave the law. He said he wanted to change humanity from the ground up, and that meant children. He was going to become a children's entertainer. He told me to wait, and he went into the bedroom to get changed. Wait, was that on a train, or was that... <laughs> After a moment, he came back, his face painted, and he wore a goofy purple and black suit. I'm Clowny Brown, he said, and tried to do a cartwheel, but knocked a lamp off one of the train seats. I'm still getting a handle of the tumbling. She had loved him for a long time, but she only ever told him once. But Clarence was... He was smitten with someone else, <laughs> the woman he couldn't save. She was a drug-addicted whore from some backwater. They'd gotten her out of jail a few times, even gotten her a job as a secretary. He said she was fine, that she'd straighten up, but bent girls don't get straight. They just get subtle. A subtle woman is the kind you can never trust. Geraldine knew that firsthand. She had always managed to find the flaw in other women. It's why she preferred the company of men. But Clarence never saw her like that. As a spoon. Not spoon. What's the word? She couldn't remember. But she'd have followed Clarence to the fiery side of the moon and back. She'd have... That big Polish nurse was working. She's the one stealing her jewellery. Probably eating it, too. I have my eyes on you, Geraldine whispered. She glared at the nurse, who acted so innocent. That's it. Give Mr. Applesauce his pills. That's right. Him and that damned pool table. Always changing the channel. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must-not-take-yourself-too-seriously and... Six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Geraldine had played Sweet Sal, the it's okay to feel sad cow, since day one. How many times had she said, I'm Rose? She lived in the emotion barn, and they'd all drink her milk of human kindness. Clink, clink. 
clinking the glasses together as they celebrated their first year on the air. It was still a regional show, broadcast out of a basement studio in Caxarcana. Then they went national. The ratings were big, but they never turned a profit. All the profits were given to charities. When was it that the secretary Hall left him? Left him with that baby? Was that before the show? Was that the reason he became a clown, or was it after? There was that day at the diner where Clarence was crying. Or was that... Was that her crying? Oh, no, no matter. She had never been a good secretary. She would get nervous, and you couldn't erase typewriters then. This was before they molted into computers. And now everyone is all shoes. Not shoes. <laughs> shoes. Shoes. Oh, here comes another fan, wanting an autograph. <laughs> Time for your pills, Miss Anthippy. And whom should I make it out to? Let me get a pen. Geraldine beamed. She'd practiced her smile since she was a girl. A girl is nothing without her smile. Her mother said that. <laughs> the nurse nodded. She made sure Geraldine swallowed her pills. They killed him, you know, she said to no one in particular. She wasn't part of that. She testified, sure. She'd name names, but back then you had to. If not, they'd have taken her away too. She simply couldn't have that. Elsa was so young. But she was young too, too young to be a mother, she said. <laughs> Promise me, Clarence. Or was that a book? What was that book, she wondered, where the wife was in the attic and she'd been an actress and everyone loved her, but it wasn't enough because an attic isn't a stage, and he'll never love you because he loved saving people. His only want was to save people. He loved love, not the people who loved him. The day they cancelled the show was warm. Brian, who played Opinionated Owl, was drinking again. Why was it that Clarence hired all these broken people? Everyone in the cast was some downtrodden addict or felon. It was lucky she was there to give them some sense of dignity. He tried to hold all the goodness of the world so tightly in his hands, but it all leaked out, like when you're a child and you are given a blackberry and you're so afraid of losing it that you squeeze it tighter and tighter until you realize you've lost it all in a trickle of juice and an inky indigo stain. Clarence's hands were stained with the light of the world. During the trial, Randall and Brian tried to convince her to support Clarence. But all the shouting, all the violence, it was like that episode she'd done of The New Adventures of Perry Mason. It wasn't a good show. She hated how Perry would skateboard around the courtroom. Raymond Burr would be turning over in his grave. She wore her best blouse. She said all the lines as she was told. Whatever happened to Omelette, Elsa? She was so little. 
She used to try and read the old Latvian handbills in the dressing room. Tonight's performance was not going well. It was a bad show. The crowd was getting restless. The jokes weren't landing. Mr. Appleplaws was back at the foosball table. Why was there a foosball table in the mezzanine? Her big speech to the citizens of Riga was fast approaching, and everyone in the audience was Clarence. But then she remembered her acting teacher's old advice. No matter how bad your night was in the theatre, it's still better than the night Lincoln had. <laughs> he was killed. Just like Clarence. Electrocuted in the loge. And so he died. And she was still alive. Still here. Where was this? Where was her assistant? Did she miss her cue? No. They were clapping. Loudly. She must take her bow. She turned to face the old TV. It was showing a rerun of an old live from Lincoln Center. But to Geraldine, they were applauding for her. They always were. And they always would. Brushtown Stories is a Roy Gold production. It was written by Jonathan Goldberg with music by David Riglieri. Geraldine is Amanda Jones. Find out more about the show and cast at podmusical.com. Find out what happens to all of your favorite characters on Season 2 of The Fall of the House of Sunshine, coming March 2018. Find out what happens to some of your least favorite characters on Season 2 of The Fall of the House of Sunshine, coming March 2018. Thanks for listening, and have a suntabulous bicuspid of a day! The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.